All of my subscribers, my everyday viewers, stay tuned to the end of this video. I need to give you guys a heads up on something. All right, growing up, how often did your parents tell you, don't fall in with the wrong crowd. You are who you hang out with. Birds of a feather flock together. There's a reason parents don't want their children hanging out with the wrong people. A good reason. You could be the purest, most innocent kid in town. You could be the preacher's son, the kid known for always doing the right thing. But once you start hanging around the sinners, unless you are incredibly strong in your values, your morals, it's only a matter of time before you become just like the sinners. If you didn't have any interest in what they were doing to begin with, why would you be hanging out with them in the first place? People who don't steal, they don't hang out with thieves. If you're not into smoking crank, why would you be hanging out in a meth lab? Parents, they try to keep their kids away from the wrong group because they don't want their behavior to be influenced by them. Same concept can be true with adults. Although we're not as easily influenced, the same can still happen with adults. Let's say you were born and raised in the South, traditional Southern morals and values. You end up getting a job in some place like San Francisco, the wokest city in America. You're all alone in the big city. You find a group of friends who all identify as liberal. Now, they're not woke. They're not insane, but they're traditional liberals. Over the span of maybe five years, it's likely, not guaranteed, but it's likely that your political values will shift to become more aligned with the people that you're hanging out with. If your friend group consists of, say, 10 people, you're the only conservative, it's much more likely that they change you instead of you changing them. I am starting to wonder if that's what's starting to happen with Kendrick Perkins at ESPN. It is no secret at this point ESPN filled with shit fucks. If there is an event featuring wanker spanking, you can bet your ass ESPN is behind it. Over the last few years, Kendrick Perkins, he has been one of the rare consistent voices of reason at the Worldwide Leader in Woke. Last summer, LeBron James tried to victimize himself again. He recounted the horrific story of all the times he has faced mythical racism in Boston throughout his NBA career. Oh, oh, those fans in Boston, they're brutal. Every time I touch the basketball, they booed me. When I was afraid to take shots in the final two minutes, they cheered and heckled me. Obviously, this qualifies as mythical racism. No one has the right to boo the king of queefs. The mainstream media ran with the story, accusing NBA fans in Boston of mythical racism. Now, Kendrick Perkins, he spent nearly a decade in Boston. He played 454 games there. After LeBron James made these claims, Kendrick Perkins, he came out and said, I never experienced racism in Boston. He was the voice of reason during the Ime Yudoka scandal last fall alongside Stephen A. Smith. The mainstream media, they tried to denigrate him when he made a harmless joke about Serge Ibaka. Kendrick Perkins didn't back down. For the last few years, this dude has been one of the rare on-air personalities at ESPN that normal people can actually relate to, we can agree with. But when you are around the woke filth for so long, day after day, week after week, it's only a matter of time before your perception of reality starts to change. 
Now, I don't want to overreact here and say Kendrick Perkins has been infected with the woke fungus. I have been unable to consult with medical professionals to inquire about the diagnosis, but the commentary he gave on woke take yesterday morning, it reeks of the familiar stench of the shit sandwich. This week, Kendrick Perkins and J.J. Reddick, they have been going back and forth debating who is the MVP of the NBA this season. Now, unlike Mina Kimes, who is a pretend NFL analyst, both Perkins and Reddick, they are actually qualified to analyze the NBA. Now, this has been kind of a weird debate because they've been going back and forth, mainly on social media. Both of these dudes work at ESPN. They could literally sit them inside the studio and let them have this debate. Hell, maybe, maybe it would even make for compelling television, something that's rare nowadays at ESPN. But for some reason, ESPN has failed to get them together. Nikola Jokic, he is the clear frontrunner for his third straight MVP award. Dude's averaging a triple-double, the Nuggets' best team in the stacked Western Conference. Not even up for debate at this point, Jokic is the MVP of the NBA. Now, Kendrick Perkins has accused him of stat padding. J.J. Reddick disagreed with him, which prompted this entire exchange. They have been going back and forth ever since. All harmless banter, right? We're in a bit of a lull period right now when it comes to sports news. NFL season just ended. We're in the dog days of the NBA season. March Madness hadn't started yet in college basketball. ESPN, they've got 24 hours every day. They've got to fill it with content. Might as well let two of their NBA analysts debate about a meaningless MVP award, right? (laughs) It was all fun and games until someone dropped the mythical racism turd in Shea Shea's punch bowl. Yesterday morning on Woke Take, Kendrick Perkins floated an interesting theory as to why Jokic continues winning the MVP award in the NBA. He informed the audience of 389,000 people who were bored enough to be watching Woke Take yesterday morning that he was going to take them out of their comfort zone. Translation, Kendrick Perkins, he was serving them the microwaved Woke Wiener instead of the usual grilled Woke Wiener. Now this dude's normally smart. He's normally a great speaker, but I gotta be honest with you. There are some things that he is saying, I don't know what the hell he's talking about. He makes reference to a couple of rap songs released during the Jay-Z and Nas beef in the early 2000s. He questions whether or not a conversation about mythical racism is appropriate for Woke Take. Um, have you ever watched this show? This entire platform is built on the foundation of mythical racism. Enough of me trying to make sense of this bullshit. Just watch it for yourself. So I didn't know if I wanted to wait to bring this conversation on no mercy or was it appropriate for first take? And damn it, I'm here so it's appropriate for first take. So let me get, let me get us in outside of our comfort zone a little bit. When we talk about the MVP conversation, is it Uchiwali or is it one mic? So when I say that, Stephen A., when I come on here every single time and I ask, what is the criteria for the MVP and how the goalposts move, I'm asking these questions for a reason. When it comes down to guys winning MVP since 1990, it's only three guys that won the MVP that wasn't top 10 in scoring. Do you know who those three guys were? Who were they? Steve Nash, Jokic, 
and uh, Dirk Nowinski. No. Dirk Nowinski. <laughs> what do the, what do those guys have in common? I'll let you sit. i let it sit there and marinate. You think about it. Now, here's the thing when it comes down to the MVP conversation and why I say the goalpost move. It's because it was during the time in 2006 when Steve Nash won his second MVP, when he had a roster full, didn't have the best record in the league, and Kobe Bryant was averaging 31. And if you go and look at that 2006 roster that Kobe was playing with, which they finished number seven in the Western Conference, which I don't understand how he did that with that team he had. No disrespect to those players, but it is what it is. How was he not winning it? Leading the league and scoring that year. So when it comes down to moving the goalposts for certain individuals to win it, again, is it Uchiwali or is it one Mike? Okay, I'm going to try again to make sense of that word salad. I could be wrong, but it seemed like Kendrick Perkins was trying to insinuate that the NBA is shifting qualifications for the MVP award to cater to certain white players. Uh, um, let me get this straight. You expect me to believe the NBA, the league, dedicated to ending mythical racism, the league who in the past has accused white Trump supporters of being racist. You expect me to believe that same league is working behind the scenes to cater to the evil white man? Do I look like I'm fucking stupid? I'm sure Kendrick Perkins knows this. The MVP award, it's voted on by NBA broadcasters and members of the mainstream sports media. Fan voting is also calculated into the final vote, but let's focus for a second on members of the mainstream sports media. People like Maria Taylor, she votes on the MVP, or at least she did when she was collecting woke welfare at ESPN. Maria Taylor, who, may I remind you, is the same woman who forgot that Anthony Davis played in the NBA. Maria Taylor, the same woman that used mythical racism to destroy the career of Rachel Nichols and propelled herself to hosting Sunday Night Football and the Olympics. There are hundreds, maybe even thousands of Maria Taylors throughout sports media. And I'm supposed to believe these crusaders against mythical racism are moving the goalpost to ensure the evil white man wins the MVP award? Give me a fucking break. You can't be serious. I'm actually disappointed in Kendrick Perkins. I expect analysis like this from Stephen A. Smith. ESPN pays him $12 million every year to push whatever narrative they think is necessary. I might not like it. I'll never agree with it, but I can at least understand why Stephen A. Smith pretends to be woke. But Kendrick Perkins? Maybe it's my fault for holding him to a higher standard. There is no moving of the goalpost here. This is why I hate these awards, because at the end of the day, they're meaningless. The MVP award in the NBA, entirely subjective. It goes to the player the media feels is the most valuable player in the league. It doesn't go to the blackest player or the whitest player. It goes to the best player. You know, I had one of my viewers email me the other day who brought up an interesting point. He was talking about the possibility of white bias in the NBA, more specifically, biased against white players from America. Now, I don't think it's true, but what he said, what he brought up, it really makes you think. The media was shocked a couple of weeks ago when Mac McClung won the dunk contest. I didn't know a white man could be this athletic. 
When you think of the top white players in the NBA, or hell, just white players throughout the NBA in general, what do they all have in common? What do most of them have in common? They're all from foreign countries. We hear all this talk about systemic racism, how people have been conditioned to understand that certain races excel at certain positions. We hear a lot about this when the media talks about the lack of black head coaches in the National Football League. Could it be possible that NBA scouts have been conditioned to think that white players will never be as athletic as black players? I don't know. Hell, even I think that way. But you see all these white players coming from overseas and dominating the NBA. Luka, Jokic, Dirk Nowitzki, Steve Nash, Pau Gasol, Delavadova, Bogdanovich. Most of these guys are superstar level players. When is the last time there was a superstar level white player in the NBA from America? Larry Bird? John Stockton? J.J. Redick had a nice career, but he was never a household name. He was never the face of the franchise. And look, there are white American players in the NBA. Tyler Hero, Duncan Robinson, Joe Harris. But I'm talking about franchise players. I can't think of the last time there was one. Do they not exist in America? Like I said, I don't believe the NBA is biased against white players. I'm just bringing it to your attention because the guy who sent this to me really made me think about it. It's an interesting theory. Let me know what you think about it. Also, give me your thoughts on Kendrick Perkins and his theory that the MVP award is being catered to Jokic because he's white. All right, quick note before we get out of here for the day. First of all, thank you guys for another outstanding month. We had over 1.2 million views in February in only 28 days. If it was a normal 31-day month, it would have been a record month here on the channel. So thank you guys for your continued support. I wanted to give you guys a heads up, though. I'm going to start doing live reads for sponsors probably starting tomorrow. They will not be in every video, just two videos every week. Now, I have vetted these companies myself. I'll be using one of them myself, too. Obviously, both of these companies are against the woke movement. I would never endorse a business that associates themselves with Woke United Methodist. I hope you guys will support them. There are times throughout the year where, where we hit inevitable slumps here on YouTube. Matter of fact, I'm in the middle of a slump right now. Been going on for the last week or so. The income from these sponsors helps to offset the lost income from YouTube. They are willing to support the channel, so I hope you guys will be willing to support them. Now, these live reads, they will not be long, 30, 45 seconds max, so they will not be a major interruption to the content. It's not going to be two, three, four, five minutes of commercials. I just wanted to give you guys a heads up on that before I started doing it. But anyway, Thank you guys again for all your support. We added almost 4,000 new subscribers last month. Hopefully, we can do the same again this month. But I'll see you guys tomorrow.